137th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. That's me. All right. Well, what's up, everybody? Ho, ho, ho. And welcome to Pixelated Paranormal. I, of course, am Sean. I got a little bit of uh, eggnog with gingerbread whiskey here to help me get in the holiday spirit. And with me, as always, is Preston. Presto, buddy, how are you? Bah humbug. All you cool ghosts and goblins, you crocodiles, you <laughs> crocodingos, you skeletors and skelets and witchers and witches and whatever the fuck else you want to be. I hope you get cold in your stocking because I am just like the Grinch. My heart's five sizes too small. Your heart's five sizes too small because y'all already had Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> that and plus, you know, I, a couple of years ago, bought this very nice LG refrigerator with the uh, freezer on bottom, black stainless steel, trying to, you know, remodel the house, update it. The wife's like, oh, my God, this mm-hmm. refrigerator is beautiful. Cha-ching, slide the car, make the wife happy. There's a <laughs> fucking class action lawsuit right now going on in LG because those bastards put half-ass compressors in the refrigerators that shoot out or crap out after like two years. Oh, no. So daddy had to fucking order a brand new refrigerator because it was either spend fifteen hundred dollars to replace a shitty compressor that's probably going to go out again or cut my losses and just buy a goddamn new refrigerator so that's what i did and because it's the holidays and our country sucks and shipping's a mess i'm not going to get said refrigerator till january 24th (laughs) of 2024 so fuck you christmas Apparently, that's how Santa gave me my goddamn coals in my stocking. That's all I got. Oh, holy yeah. shit, man. Daddy's bitter. That's that's pretty that's, rough, dude. That's what, that's what uh, I got to say. Well, Shayla gave me a gift early this year, and I got a uh, very rare paperback novelization of George A. Romero's Martin uh, for Christmas. Oh, nice. So. I, I did right. get uh, <laughs> I did get a old Greg T-shirt that's got old Greg on it, uh, holding up mm-hmm. a shoe that says, "You ever ever drank Bailey's from a shoe?" And I thought that was probably the best Christmas <laughs> present ever. I fucking just put it on immediately. Hey, there so you, you guys a picture, and Rob's like, "If you wear that on D and D, your character's automatically dead." Rob also <laughs> doesn't have much of the Christmas spirit with that attitude. <sighs> right, right. Oh, that's funny, man. Well, speaking of Christmas, we are your guides to the unusual and the strange, and we make no exception for the holidays. So on this episode, it's our 2023 Christmas special, so we're coming at you guys with more Christmas weirdness. And on this episode, we're going to get into a really strange topic, which is Christmas werewolves. Presto, is that a new one for you? Because it was for me. (laughs) Never fucking heard that. I think you're making shit up at this point. (laughs) I thought I was, too, when I read about it, because, you know, we've done Christmas specials ever since, like, what, our 16th episode, I think. So, like, we've got eight years with the holiday specials, and after eight years, you really start, like, reaching out for the really obscure, obscure Christmas creatures and creeps, like Krampus and Der Belschnickel, Frau Perchta, and, like, the list kind of just goes down, 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 down until you're at the bottom of the barrel, and then we didn't want to let anybody down last year, so we did Halloween. I'm sorry, we did winter themed yokai. It's a hell of a lot of fun. And this time around, like, 
it was a little tough digging up some Christmas spirit for the show, but I found a shit ton of stuff about Christmas werewolves, and so I'm super stoked to share that. But first, why don't we hit him with a little bit of news, buddy? Oh, yeah. Albeit it's not Christmas-themed news, it's still a gift we want to give to you guys. A man at Disneyland was arrested Sunday after he allegedly went skinny-dipping in the waters of the iconic It's a Small World attraction. Shocking videos on social media show a man strolling around the attraction wearing just underwear and glasses as a pile of clothing sit on the ground. Then another clip shows the man taking a seat next to a singing animatronic doll as music plays in the faux Taj Mahal. Then you can hear someone say, stop, stop, you're going to get hurt. Stop, stop, I need you to stop. Please sit down. That, of course, coming from one of the cast members of the show. Another Instagram user posted that a man pushed the boat behind them while on the ride and says we were stuck on the ride for about an hour and 15 minutes, but thankfully we got off safely. Now a different set of non-safe-for-work clips show the same man now completely in the buff naked and jumping into the water on the boat ride before he's carried away by security guards and police officers. Another theme park guest can be heard booing and yelling, Moron! Get some clothes on! <laughs> now we'd share the videos, but there's nudity, and I am not up for seeing that, you will log. Yeah, you don't want to see his Chris, uh, Christmas jingle from his dingle? No, nor his Chris Kringle. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I have a fun little anecdote I think I've shared before on the show. Uh, one of my own personal levels of hell was being stuck on It's a Small World for like half an hour, somewhere between two neighboring countries, because when you ride that ride, it's basically It's a Small World after it's all. It's a small world Over and over and over in all these different languages. It's a small world. Yeah. The ride itself is entirely too long as it is, but to be stuck between two countries of languages you don't speak and you just hear like the tune, it was probably the third level of hell for me. So, you know, Dante ain't got nothing on this. <laughs> well, our last news story here. Goldie Hawn says that an E.T. touched her, and it felt like the finger of God. Where'd they stick that finger, Goldie Hawn? Goldie recently Hawn. Just... Whoop, 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 whoop. Goldie Hawn recently described having an alien encounter on the TV show Time to Walk on Apple Fitness Plus. And she said it happened when she was around 20 years old, somewhere in the California desert, during a time when there had been a lot of nearby UFO sightings. Now, the Oscar-winning actress said she had been dancing outside when she decided she would take a nap in a fellow dancer's car. But Han didn't get much sleep thanks to a high-pitched sound in her ear. She said it was high, a high frequency... And I looked out the window and saw these two or three triangular-shaped heads. She goes on to say that the aliens she met were silver in color, and they had slashes for mouths and tiny little noses and no ears. An extra long fingers. Years later, Han said, Oh, dear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Years later, Han said she met an astrophysicist from the University of Champaign, Illinois, who studied alien encounters and triggered more detailed memories about her experience. She said it was kind of like a regression therapy or something like it, and I'm like almost in a trance, and then suddenly I remembered something. They touched my face. 
Goldie said, The touch felt like the finger of God and was the most benevolent, loving feeling. It was powerful, and it filled her with light. The actor said, The creatures pointed at her and her car as if she were a subject. She said, I couldn't move. I was paralyzed. I didn't know if it was real or not real. But now, reportedly, this wasn't Han's only paranormal experience. She also went on to tell a story about a dream she had in London of seeing six lights coming out of some little mountain across a valley. Later, she drove to that same place that resembled the valley in her dream, and she said she ran into a mysterious heart-shaped car, uh, crop circle. I almost called it a carp circle, but it wasn't fish. Han said she didn't know if the crop circle sighting was the sign. No, the aliens were the ones that got that fish. <laughs> gang, gang. <laughs> she said she didn't know if the crop circle was a sign, but that didn't really matter. I don't want to know everything, she said. We cut ourselves off from a lot of things if we're continuing to, to deny something that we have no proof over. There's a lot of things in this world that we can't see, but we can't stop believing. We can never, ever lose our wonder. It's just no fun. It's really an important aspect of being an adventurer, where nothing is impossible. So apparently you can jump onto uh, Twitter, because I refuse to call it X, and you can watch the trailer for the episode on Apple Fitness Plus. But that sounds awesome, dude. Um, that reminds me, it's high time we do another Celebrity Paranormal Files episode. I think that'd be a lot of fun, buddy. The aliens touch her sexually. Well, now nobody said that. <laughs> hey, Fire Pixie's watching. What's up, Fire Pixie? And our friend Lisa. Hello, Lisa. How are you? All right, on to the good stuff. Let's kick things off with Christmas werewolves. So, presto, it's a tale as old as time, and as the story goes, of course, you know the one Mary and Joseph took shelter in a manger, and together, along with the other players oftentimes featured in the nativity scene, the three wise men, their trio of camels, a handful of sheep, and a sprinkling of donkeys... They all welcome the birth of the sweet little baby Jesus. Yes, folks, Christ was born on Christmas Day, and from that fateful day, we all gather to celebrate because Jesus is the reason for this. I'm going to push up my history, my history glasses, and be like, he was actually born. He was born in September, and Christmas is a fucking <laughs> hoax because uh, the we we had to like get people away from celebrating like a pagan holiday, and they're like, "Fuck you, we like the winter solstice." Mm -hmm. So they're like, "Guess what?" Jesus was born on Christmas. Keep on celebrating. And now we just like fucking like taking it over and been like, you get a gift and you get a gift and fuck you, Aunt Martha. I don't even like you, so get the fuck mm -hmm. out of here. And uh, so Christmas is a sham. <clears throat> but carry on. Sweet baby Jesus under manger. I can't believe you're inferring that Christmas is nothing more than a bastardized pagan ritual. <laughs> yeah. Well, is, Preston, I'm glad you said truth. that because uh, what if the sweet little six pound, eight ounce baby Jesus wasn't the only baby born on Christmas Day? What? Or maybe rather, what happens to the other babies who were born on December 25th? Well, for some, it's believed that a child born on Christmas is a special blessing from heaven. But for others, some people believe that sharing the same B day as a little baby Jesus is an unforgivable slap in the face of the Christ child because absolutely nobody should emulate the birth of the Son of our Lord. Preston. Whoa, my niece uh, dodged a bullet on that one because she was born December 22nd. So, I mean, she only had like, you know, three days and she, she would have yeah. been a hellion. So, 
Good job, Bean. Proud of you. Well, this will be a fun thing. <laughs> Next time you see her, this will be some fun facts to fill her in on how she just dodged a silver bullet. Because thus, if you were born on that same fateful day, you'd be cursed. And so is your niece, Preston. And whenever the moon would then be found to be full, you'd be forced upon your hands and knees against your will, with a snout replacing your mouth, claws replacing your hands and feet, and your body being covered in a sheet of thick, mangy fur. In short, Presto... You'd be cursed to become a werewolf. Oh, shit. Also, though, we got to mention here that in Italy, it was bad luck to be born anywhere in the winter solstice, summer 20th, I'm sorry, December 20th or 21st, and a sure way to become a shapeshifter. In many other European countries, such as Poland, it was also believed that children born on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day automatically get cursed to be werewolves once they grow up into adulthood. Oh, shit. Though in Germany... A child... It's not looking good, Bean. Oh, yeah, buddy. It's not looking good. In Germany, a child still is in danger, though, of becoming a werewolf if he or she is born during the 12 nights of Christmas, running from December 25th until the Feast of Epiphany on January 6th, so my wife barely missed it by two days. In Romania, the legend goes on a step further. Children conceived on Christmas Eve or... Christmas Day are cursed to become werewolves because their parents knew better and they should have abstained from sexy time on baby Jesus' birthday. Mm, yeah. But anyway, a child born in or there around Christmas isn't necessarily doomed to a life like that of the American werewolf in London because its parents have a small window of opportunity to perform elaborate rituals which would keep their sons and daughters from becoming werewolves as adults. At the time of the birth, three women from the village must now volunteer to act as a said Christmas baby's guardian or godmothers of sorts, and they then must make a very specific gown made of wool for the child, but it has to be done and adorned by the baby before the end of the night of its first day of life. And the baby has to have it on ready to go before the sun comes up and then keep it on the entire following day. And those three women would then be responsible for the child, especially if the act of giving the child the wool gown doesn't quite go as planned. Maybe they put it on too late or the baby kind of wiggles out of it. If that happens and the child happens to then escape and eat somebody, well, it's on the three fairy godmothers. And in this case, if the baby wolf then develops a taste for blood, the perfect antidote was a bloodletting ceremony where they must take the baby wolf and make a small incision on the child's forehead while they're in wolf form. Or as a grown person, a werewolf can also be treated in any form by magic or violence if it's necessary to get them under control. So as a baby, it's a little nick across the forehead, a little, little blood out, and the baby's, you know, completely cured. But as an adult, just beat the shit out of I would have thought them. like it would have been like, a, you know, back in like the, the witching days where they're like, you're a witch? We're going to feed this uh, baby wolf a cake full of dried piss, and if uh, it eats it, you know, and doesn't die, it's cured. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, maybe we can sink mm -hmm. it in a basket in a river. It floats back up at the top, and the evil spirit will be drived out. Yeah. <laughs> right. If it floats, it's a werewolf. If it don't, then it wouldn't. Yep. Whoops. <laughs> My bad. Well, there's also... <laughs> There's also the possibility that if you had the access to the right sorcery, you might still be cursed, but you could at least be turned from evil 
That's right, folks, you could be a good werewolf and act like your town's protector for that 12-day period of Christmas. Still, though, come January, the beast or the demon, whichever you prefer, would regain control and you'd just be an asshole the rest of the year, but you'd have 12 good solid days of Christmas to be the protector of the same town you probably terrorize for the other 353 days of the year. Hear me out. I think this would make a great Hollywood B-movie. Mm-hmm. World War II, you're in some fucking <laughs> German Nazi uh-huh. village or Swiss village and the, you know the German soldiers are attacking during the 12 days of Christmas. Mm-hmm. And like the 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 good werewolf, the village protector, just fucking rips Nazis apart for twelve mm-hmm. whole days. It's just two hours of bloody gore of Nazis getting ripped apart by a werewolf. I dig it in a Santa hat. I like it or or a Santa thong. And I want it. Wait, yeah. what? <laughs> Hold on a second. That reminds me. I've got Elliot in the background. He's got his Santa. No, hat he doesn't. On, but I might need to get him a little baby. Oh, Santa yeah, thong. yeah. I see it on top. It's just no, his head's bigger than the yeah, Santa hat. Little yeah, baby, yeah, little, little baby, baby hat. hat. I mean, it's a bulbous it head. A bulbous uh, you head. know, we don't blame him for the way he was it's not made. Not his fault. Probably has a pocket mouth too. Creepy little yeah. bastard. <laughs> right. <laughs> how are how are his fingers? Well, unfortunately, do they, do in they Finland, smell like Goldie Hawn. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Nice, <laughs> nice, you dirty pervert. <laughs> unfortunately, in Finland, though, there was no way to fully break a werewolf curse. And even if you might be able to escape the full transformation via magic or sorcery, you'd still be stuck with a wolf's tail for the rest of your life. So imagine trying to put pants on, Presto. How would that be? Just cut a hole in the back. Baby, rock that tail. That's true. It's like a it's yeah. like a dog. How do you know I'm happy to see you? My tail's wagging. What's up, baby? <laughs> wow. So depending how happy the werewolf person is, they could have you know, uh, tent pokers and both. Yeah. Sides. Well, Presto, what if I told you perhaps there was something even worse than Lon Chaney Jr.'s fate that you could possibly become being born on Christmas Day? Strangely enough, although the idea was most prevalent in the Middle Ages and northeastern Europe. Some think that the connection between werewolves and Christmas actually even predates Christmas itself as an early Greek and pagan tradition. And one theory suggests the connection between Christmas and werewolves boils down deeper to the Greek belief of the... Kilikansaros. We covered it. The Kilikansaros. Yeah, we, we covered it. Uh, those are those little fucking goblins where you throw out yeah. like shoes and shit and they're like i gotta count how many beans are on the floor because i can't i can't <laughs> cause mischief because this asshole there's one bean two bean three. Oh shit my memory sucks how many beans were there jerry oh there were two beans I, <laughs> god dang it yeah now did we talk about the killikin Zaroy um for a christmas we episode did. or just a random yeah. episode do you recall it was a christmas episode on christmas Awesome. Well, I'm going to bring it back around because it goes hand in hand with werewolves. That's right, folks. The Greek Kilikansaroi, as they're referred to now. This interesting cryptid is said to be an incredibly ugly little beastie with a hairy body, horse legs, and monkey arms. Their faces twisted into devil-like snarls, dimly lit with their burning red eyes like two burning red coals. And their ears crafted more like that of a goat or a donkey, and their mouths even bearing boar-like tusks. So big in fact and so gnarled, these things can't even fully close their mouths so their lizard-like tongues just hang out, draping across their chests like some kind of sick necktie, causing them to even speak with a lisp. 
They can come in all shapes and sizes, ranging from elf-like diminutives to giants who tower over mere mortal men. They're predominantly male, however, and oftentimes their tongue ain't the only thing that's big ladies, that's right, and men. Uh, they have large protruding sex organs dangling between their knees. <laughs> just rolling around with a fire hose, just knocking them in the knees. That's right. <clears throat> the Christmas Red Rocket. <laughs> Now, the Killikin Zaroi were demons typically focused on sawing through the world tree at the roots and thus trying to destroy reality and earth life as we know it. But these monsters were unleashed on the days between December 25th and January 6th, allowed to come above ground to terrorize earthlings during the Epiphany, knocking on doors, climbing down chimneys, and masking themselves as the jolly old fat man himself. And although it meant scary times for medieval humans, it also allowed the world tree's roots to fully heal from the other 353 days that these little creatures were gnawing and sawing and tearing at the roots. And then when the days get a little longer and the Kilikanzoroi are forced back down to Earth, they're faced with a completely healed world tree, reluctantly returning to their task once again to saw through the very roots of existence. But what exactly do these little boogers do whilst they're out and about during their 12 days of Christmas, Preston? According to Siberian tradition, these 12 days were considered the unbaptized days, when these little creeps found someone outdoors, perhaps at night during the night of the unbaptized day. They jump on the person's back like some kind of creepy backpack and thus demand to be carried wherever its heart desires. This torture would go on and on, only to be obstructed when the roosters start announcing the dawn. And at that moment, the Kilikanzaroi would then release the victim, allowing it to run away, thus disappearing itself into the shadows. So it's kind of like the uh, the the Italian version of Night Runners. Like, you get this little bastard on your back, and you got to run around <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it, man. But you know what? These little guys aren't all bad. Because while Krampus and Bearschnickel and these other Christmas creeps were all about tormenting little kids, the Kilikanzaroi are best known to also punish and torment people who dare commit the ultimate sin of adultery. That's right, you fucking cheaters, you piece of shit. That's what you're going to get when you cheat on the mister or the missus. That's right, keep your pants yeah. on. Yeah. Adulterers were known to sneak out of their homes, oftentimes at night while their significant other was asleep and then visit the person they were cheating with, or prostitutes, or even brothels. Though we do prefer to call those, you know, sex workers, but also ladies of the night back in these old days. Winches. These creatures would sit and wait on top the door frames of the front door of the house, and then suddenly jump down, pouncing, pouncing, pouncing on the back of the adulterers who were leaving the home. They would then lash them in their faces and necks with sticks and whoop and dig their sharp nails into their back and their neck and force these guys to once again run through nearby forests all night long until they'd flee by the sight of the first dawn. But that didn't mean that they were done with the dirty, dirty cheaters because these little imps would also come back every night thereafter, remaining on their door lintel, taunting and teasing the cheating assholes until the adulterers finally confessed their sins to their significant other, thus allowing them to retreat because their job there was So do you think, like, 
back then they just sat on that door frame and like she's a hoe she's a hoe and they just sit there just singing it over i did it oh my god (laughs) i hope so i really hope so Anyway, whether you're being besieged by a werewolf or a Kilikanzaroy, there are a few ways people can protect themselves during the days when these little bastards run loose. Keep it in your pants. One such method, again, is to leave a metal colander on your doorstep to trick the visiting Kilikanzaroy, since these little things are just about as stupid as they are ugly. The little imp will sit on your doorstep all night, trying to count each hole in the colander. But because they're so stupid and can't count above the number two, by simply pronouncing the number three itself, the Kilikanzaroi would then instinctively kill itself by saying a holy number that represents the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. So basically, you could just drop your spaghetti strainer out there and they'd say, one, two, and then that colander falls down and you know that this thing killed itself because you can hear the metal colander banging around your front doorstep. But it's also an annual tradition in some cultures to throw little donut-like desserts filled with syrup and sausages onto your roof and then sing a special song because it's believed that once this is done, the Kilikanzaroi will then eat the little sweet sausage treat and leave, returning back to their work underground, satisfied with a full tummy. To the windows, to the walls, till the sweat runs down (laughs) my balls. Skeet, skeet. Another supposed method of protecting the, from the Kilikanzaroi is to leave the fire burning in your fireplace all night long so they can't enter through it. Because, again, these guys mask themselves as Santa Claus coming through your chimney, knocking on your door, and so on and so forth. And in some areas, people would even burn a Yule log for the duration of the 12 days. In other areas, people would throw foul-smelling shoes into the fire so the stench was then believed to repel the Kilikanzaroi away forcing them to stay away because, my God, Dad's shoes just stink. Someone buy this man some new work boots. Mm -hmm. Also, a great excuse to get new shoes. Sorry, Mom, I threw mine in the fire to scare away the little devil bastards. Additional ways to keep them away would be to mark one's door with a black cross on Christmas Eve and then also burning incense. And just like the werewolf, according to some legend, any child born during the 12 days of Christmas was in danger of transforming into the Kilikanzaroi during each Christmas season, starting with adulthood. It's believed that the antidote to prevent the transformation was to bind the baby when it's born in tresses of garlic and straw, or to simply singe the child's toenails. Ew, that's gross. Burn your kid's toes? And according to other legends, anyone born on a Saturday could be able to see and talk to Kilikanzaroi. And now, just as a way to bring the story somehow to relate to our old story of mushrooms, you remember the story, Preston, about the reindeer eating the magic mushrooms and jumping over the top of the yurts and everything else, and Eskimos coming out saying, ooh, and ah. Mm -hmm. Supposedly, we have this story that back in 1560 in Livonia, you got this guy with a gimpy leg, or a lame leg of sorts. He'd go around the land trying to get his chores completed. And so he'd somehow charm people by hitting them with a whip with an iron tip, turning any human being he would cross into a werewolf. So then these things would go hunt the cattle and the sheep. And then they'd transform the last 12 days of Christmas, doing his bidding. At the end of the 12 days, they turn back to human. 
kind of a cool thing, kind of stupid. But what happens here is before the werewolves of Livonia transform back while they're still turned into their wolf-like man forms, these guys go around having themselves a little werewolf party. See, they start raiding everybody's cellars, drinking their beer and their mead. Then they'd go back and gather at a stone wall where they'd take turns leaping over it to see who could jump the highest over a stone wall. And in some cases, they'd continue to stack rocks higher and higher and higher until you'd ultimately have one grand champion jumping werewolf. A gathering of huge multitude of wolves which have been changed from men and which during the night rage with such fierceness that the inhabitants suffer more hurt from them than they ever do from natural wolves. For these human wolves break down doors, descend into cellars, and they drink whole turns of beer and mead. <laughs> so I don't know about you, man, but uh, I'm kind of into this werewolf mead party, man. I want to get drunk and just so you can drunkenly jump over your neighbor's fence. That sounds rad. Yeah. Well, Presto, what'd you bring to the party, man? Because that concludes my Christmas werewolves. But I think you've got a fun little way to finish this one off, huh? I do. Mm -hmm. Sean, what's the weirdest thing you ever got for Christmas? <laughs> the weirdest thing I ever got for Christmas? That's a good question. I don't know that I've ever gotten anything really weird. Yeah. Um, it's funny you bring up Aunt Martha, because I did have an Aunt Martha who would give us strange things, like maybe a bag of like um, clothes pins or like a $2 bill or just some random stuff. Once in a while, it might be like some half jar of jelly or jam, jam that she thought you might like, but... Um, I don't have any really weird Christmas presents. What about you? So the only thing that I could say that's like, you know, weird that I got for Christmas is good old Aunt Janet, my dad's sister, who never married, never had kids. She, uh, Grandma would always buy us presents, and then Aunt Janet would stitch together a pillowcase and wrap the presents in the pillowcase like a little Santa's bag. Ooh. So I have a collection yeah. I have a collection uh, uh that is, you know, us cousins uh, we we try to almost like trading cards. We're like, "Hey, do you want you got one of these pillowcases? I'll trade you this pillowcase for this pillowcase." <laughs> so we have a whole collection of Aunt Janet pillowcases which, you know, is probably like the weirdest thing I ever got cuz I'm just like everybody like in the family covets these fucking shitty pillowcases that are falling apart cuz they're just made from like Christmas material and like weird shit like you know like wiener dogs and like Santa hats or like you know snowflakes and like <laughs> dumb shit but they're the best best pillowcases they're so soft so Aww. yeah but soft and yeah shitty. soft and shitty so I decide you know <laughs> Reddit never lets us down sometimes for topics so let's mm -hmm. let's scour reddit for maybe some of the weirdest christmas gifts that people have ever gotten and boy did they not let me down <laughs> one user said i got an entire mouse skeleton for my uncle wired together surprisingly well to make it stay put i was like seven and i loved animals so much my <laughs> uncle thought it was a nice present he was absolutely right however my parents didn't like it and looking back they probably threw it away the first time we moved and told me it got lost Aww. Oh, that's funny. That's too good. <laughs> Another user said, I can top that. My mom got me a copy of Mein Kampf in 2015 and nothing else. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Let's see. I love my grandparents, but they always had the weird habit of giving me random side presents along with what I had actually asked for. The best example of this is when I was 14, they gave me a book titled How to Accept Your Death, which was about terminal cancer. 
They knew I liked books and science, but they had got a tad carried away. And I'm now 22 and thankfully I haven't ever felt the need to read that book and hopefully never will. Jesus. <laughs> My uncle got me a book on how to lose weight after 50. I was 25 at the time. <laughs> Well, my uncle of mine gave me a complete kit of self-defense articles, pepper spray, personal alarm, and an extendable baton, among other things. Apparently, I was very uh, worried when I started university and thought I would have to go, uh, that I would go alone in public transport. It was very considerate, but I always thought it was weird. Somebody else said, I got an inflatable sumo suit. That's not too shabby, yeah. My uncle gave me a lock from a safe with all the insides jumbled uh, together inside a Ziploc bag. It was confusing and amazing all at the same time. My <laughs> ex-grandfather-in-law gave me his dead wife's dildo. He didn't wrap it, though. Just put it in a Walmart sack. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> just a metal bar. No holes. Just a cylinder of metal. I was eight. That's the dildo? Or that's no, that's somebody else. Something uh -huh. else. Okay. Man, barbaric. <laughs> oh, we got a Nolan Ryan rookie card. Well, that's because you're a dork. A board game where you played as an octopus, cultivating its garden. I like that. A hmm. dead bee in a jar my, my mom found in her yard. I was a weird kid, and I was really into bugs, and I thought having my own perfectly preserved bee was just the coolest, but in fact, it was kind of weird. Yeah. I think that's kind of cool, man. I'm into entomology. I've got a uh, death head hawk moth behind me and also some kind of really cool blue beetle. So, I mean, that's kind of yeah. cool. I'd be all right with a bee or even a mouse skeleton for that. Speaking matter. of ants, I received edible crotchless panties one year from an ant. I'm a male. I looked around <laughs> the room to see if I was being pranked, which no one seemed to be laughing. So I played it off, smiled, and said thank you while trying not to laugh out loud. My sister was sitting next to me. Sees him, grabs the pack, and says, <laughs> Did you get crotchless G strings that is edible? My aunt's vision isn't great. She ended up on some website, possibly Amazon, and saw wa watermelon gummy and figured I would like some watermelon gummies. Ah, there you go. Huh. I did try eating them one night while I was alone. Watermelon gummy edible. Yeah. Underwear. And they weren't very oh, tasty. No. <laughs> yeah. I imagine a really old, old, um, like a fruit by the foot. Or what was it? What were the other things called? The little the fruit roll-ups. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. When I was a kid, my grandma got me a dog toy for Christmas. I keep going back to the used dildo and the fucking lead pipe. Yeah. A purse when I was 12 for my great aunt. I'm a male. <laughs> hmm. All right. Well, depends what year it is. You know, things are more progressive these days. Yeah. When I was 16 years old, my father gave me a strategy guide to the computer game TIE Fighter. We did not own the game. We did not own a computer. 1996, if you're wondering. It was still <laughs> possible back then without being weird or severely disadvantaged. Wow. That's amazing. A box of spaghetti, another user. And then somebody, <laughs> Just a box yeah, of spaghetti. And then Very nice. Somebody resp responded, yeah, try getting some uh, penis pasta from my secret Santa. I honestly couldn't have been happier, but weird. A dildo from my best friend's dad. Oh, weird. Well, yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of a tricky gift to give. It's got to be like the right relationship. It's got to be the right. <laughs> now, another user said, I might win this. When I was a teenage boy, maybe 13, my Uncle Tom gave me a few things. First of all, he gave me a somewhat racist hat he found at some street vendor in Chicago. It was a Chinese silk cap, but it had a long black braid sewn into the back, so you could wear it and pretend to have a long black uh, braid 
that was your hair. He found it hilarious, so he, oh, he no. bought it and then decided he would gift it to me. He also gave me a plastic bag of fresh kumquats and a bottle of English leather cologne. Huh. My dad one time put a log in a box for his girlfriend and wrapped it. She didn't find it funny as we did. Uh. <laughs> That's like some Ren and Stimpy level yeah. stuff, man. When I was around 30 years old, my step-grandmother gave me a casserole dish. The lid was missing and the edge had multiple really nasty chips. And you could see that food had permeated into it and welded it into itself. It was still greasy <laughs> from the last time she used it, too complete with baked on blackness under the handles. My sister got a plastic bag of uh, her old nail polish. We discovered that none of the bottles had liquid in them as they were solid and dried inside. Some had dates dating back <laughs> to the late 60s and early 70s. Wow. Yeah. A 3D, 3D picture of a on metal of the Virgin Mary. I don't know. That's actually pretty fucking rad. I, I, I wouldn't complain. Yeah. One year, all I got was a fucking corn cob. Huh, what oh. year is that? And was that grandma's old dildo? Yeah. <laughs> My aunt's baby oh, teeth. No. We used to do a white elephant gift, and she thought it would be a great idea to gift her baby teeth. I gave them to my mom because what the fuck? Huh. So I can tell you the weirdest gift I ever gave, if you want to hear that. Um, once, I don't know how many years ago, let's just say like 10 years ago, um, Shayla had waxed my nose, which doesn't hurt as much as anybody thinks. It's actually not too shabby at all. But they put a little wax up in your nose, and then you put a uh, popsicle stick up there, and once the wax cures, mm -hmm. you just pull it out. And you're really just waxing like the first, you know, I don't know, five millimeters worth of hair out of your nose. But sometimes it takes a couple, a couple uh, popsicle sticks per nostril. So when we were done, I had like four popsicle sticks with wax with little fuzzy, furry little tips because it was my nose hairs. So... One year for Christmas, when we got together with my in-laws, I told everybody to close their eyes and hold out their hands. And I gave my mother-in-law and father-in-law and brother-in-law and sister-in-law all one of the uh, popsicle sticks that had my little nose goblin on the end of it. Oh, yeah. Two people were laughing in that room of seven, and it was my wife and I. Uh. <laughs> all right, well, that's all I got. The dildos really... That's yeah, all you take, got? That's all you can scour? Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. All right. Well, everybody, we just want to say happy holidays, happy Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate, whatever you don't believe in. You know, we just hope you have a good 12 days of Christmas. Don't turn into werewolves. Don't turn into any Kilikanzaros. Remember, if you want new work boots, throw the old ones in the fire and just claim that you're warding off the evil devil imps, and you should be just fine. Mm -hmm. um, I think coinciding with this episode, because it is a little bit shorter, um, on the audio feed, I'll probably upload um, our very first Christmas special because I think that has now fallen off the feed since we're well over 300 episodes. Apple kind of cuts them off after 300, and Apple kind of dictates what everybody else gets. So just in case, I may throw that up there as a little retro throwback I mean, to <clears throat> coincide with we're this. We're already at like 45 minutes, so it's not as short as you think. Well, i got to cut out 15 minutes of you quietly reading to yourself the Reddit oh. post that you didn't share. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. So, yeah, the video is going to be 45, but uh, I'll get, I'll yeah. get. That's good stuff, man. I don't know what it is about getting a used dildo or a brand new dildo from certain people. It just kind of, again, weirds me out. Yeah. Well, everybody, if you would, please, on social medias, give us a follow on the old Instagram. We are at PXL Paranormal. On Facebook, we are the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast. Preston, have we moved the needle on YouTube? 
I mean, we're at 298. God damn it, we are two away from 300. Can you just give us a Christmas present? I know we've been bad. We've kind of been assholes. But instead of a big lump of coal in our <laughs> stocking, can you just share with, like, two of your friends, somebody out there on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share, and get us to the old 300. We're up to two followers on Twitch, which I don't even know. Twitch is probably not a thing. Five subscribers on Kick. <laughs> Uh, 16 subscribers on Rumble. Come on, you conspiracy nuts. You love this shit. I, I mean, I see that like 160 people are watching these videos, but only like, what, 16 of those actually liked and subscribed? Don't be a peeping Tom. Don't be a creeper. Like and subscribe your favorite paranormal <laughs> show. That's all. That's all I'm asking. That's it. You know? All right. I like it. On, on, to, my, uh, on to my promos. So, as always, attention all Bigfoot enthusiasts and fans of the supernatural. We have a special announcement for you introducing My Daily Naturals, the ultimate solution to cleanse your gut and keep your body in balance. Picture this Bigfoot roaming through the forest searching for the perfect vitamin to support his legendary physique. Well, look no further, my furry friends. Not those type of furry friends, but you guys are cool, too. My Daily Naturals has got you covered. <laughs> With the power of ozone and the essential minerals, your gut will be cleansed and your cellular function will be optimized like never before. And that's not all. We know that a healthy gut needs the right stuff, so My Daily Naturals helps you repopulate your gut flora with a perfect blend of natural elements. Say goodbye to digestive woes and hello to easy digestion. Nature is normal. Just like old Bigfoot himself. That's why My Daily Naturals is dedicated to providing you with the finest, most natural ingredients to support your body's balance. It's like a forced feast for your gut. And here's the best part. By using promo code PXLPARA at checkout, you'll not only be taking care of your own health, but you'll be supporting your favorite show. It's a win-win situation, folks. So whether you're watching us on Facebook, YouTube, Rumble, or turning in to the show live... Remember my daily naturals and check the comments in the description for the link. Keeping Bigfoot and your gut happy, one vitamin at a time. And as always, if you need a beard, if you want a beard, if you want to grow the best goddamn beard possible, ladies and gentlemen, gather around the fire. We have a beard balm that will make you tingle and your sleigh bells jingle while taming even the wildest winter werewolf hairs. We're introducing Big Dob's Beard Bomb 2.0 and the irresistible sweet tobacco scent. That's right. Picture this. You're strolling through the snowy forest and suddenly a wild winter werewolf appears. But fear not. For Big Dob's Beard Bomb 2.0, you can tame that beastly mame and turn it into a work of art. Art's sweet tobacco scent is so alluring that even old Saint Nick himself won't be able to resist your beard's charm. Move over, mistletoe, because Big Dob's Beer Bomb 2.0 is here to spread some holiday cheer. And let's not forget about Krampus, the legendary Christmas demon. With Big Dob's Beer Bomb 2.0, your beard will give Krampus a run for his money. He'll be so impressed, he might even ask for some grooming tips. Now here's the best part. Use <laughs> promo code PXLPARA at checkout, and you'll get a fantastic 20% off your order. That's right. Use promo code PXLPARA at checkout for a discount that even Santa's elves would be jealous of. So why settle for a regular beard when you can leave or when you can have a beard that's as smooth as sweet tobacco? 
Big Dubs Beard Bomb 2.0 is here to make your beard the talk of the town, the envy of every holiday party. Remember, folks, use p- promo code PXLPARA for that amazing 20% discount. Get your hands on Big Dubs Beard Bomb 2.0 today and let your beard become a legend that even Santa himself can't resist. Don't let your beard be a winter grumpus. Let it shine with Big D- Big. D- Big Dobbs Beard Bomb 2.0. Tame the wild, seduce the jolly, and give Krampus a run for his money. Get yours now and embrace the power of a well-groomed beard. Oh, man. That was for you. That is an hour now. Yeah, that was for you, Alan, you son of a bitch. In the Wichita area, please stop by CD Trade Post, Pawnee, and Seneca. See our dear friend Leslie and the rest of the gang. Also check out Paranormal Egg Experience Food Truck and Paranormal.cafe. All right, with that, I want to say, again, happy holidays, everybody. And with this last little swig of the gingerbread whiskey eggnog, I want to say cheers to the weird shit in this world. Happy holidays. I really messed that up, didn't I? That didn't make any sense. Yeah. Happy holidays and cheers you to the weird drunk shit in the world. You fucking drunk bastard. Just get out of here. God damn <laughs> No, that's the thing. Like, I, I have maybe had a shot of whiskey. Anyway, cheers to the weird shit in the world. Those of us who love to talk about it and happy holidays. <laughs> and stay spooky and stay on that paranormal highway. The cast that pixelated paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.